0: Hey, Profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum the Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold.
1: I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni.
2: Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy.
1: On today's show, we have one of our very own not only an alum but a professor here at Rowan, Bob Bob Gartner.
0: It's like double bubble.
1: He is a 2006 history and secondary education alum. He also graduated in 2011 with a master of arts in higher education instruction and administration.
0: And he, and he works on the uh, the Battleship New Jersey, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It started way back in his internship days when he was a student here.
1: Yeah. He is a current history adjunct professor here. Uh, lots of fun things that we talked to Bob about on today's show. Take a listen.
0: We're going back in time because Bob's
2: all about the history. I was a history major here, graduated in 2006. And now I'm also an adjunct in the history department this semester. So it's always good getting back. And it's always interesting to see how things have changed around campus. Um, like I said before we were talking, my father is a graduate class of 78. My aunt and uncle graduated from here, so when I was coming to campus in the fall, though, too, my dad goes, oh, this building was here. When I was here, this wasn't. And at the time, Bostart Hall still stood. Oh my gosh. And Bostart Hall was the science building, and my father was a bio major, so he knew the building pretty well. And so by 2004, when the science building had opened, Bostart was still there, I had, literature classes in Bossert, ironically, right? And so it was there, and then the following semester they took it down. So now if you haven't been here before, you didn't have anybody know, you would not know it was something on the green grass in front of the science building. And that was the previous science building.
0: And for those who recall from, I guess, my time and your time, Bossert Hall needed to be taken down back then. Like yeah. it was, the building was shot. <laughs> it was like, it was, Shot, yeah but they were still obviously needing it for space and such
2: yeah I, I, and i remember too there was a biology professor i think it was dr pareto i would walk through and i had a, a hand cooler like that because I was a commuter i would bring my lunch in it and he said what organ do you have today because i'm walking through the science button with a cooler so he thought it was a like oh, transport yeah, yeah. An organ you would he said what organ do you have today and so i would always change it on him
0: you
1: I know, never thought about is... carrying an organ. Are there people carrying organs around here? I hadn't even considered no, that I, as a thing.
2: I, I don't know. I well, guess I, they are. I think he thought it was funny, and I just went with it, so I kept it going. Yeah. But now with the medical school, who knows?
1: There's got to be lots of organs around <laughs> here. But more than I probably <laughs> want to think I, about. harvesting
0: here. I don't know. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get here? I, I graduated mm-hmm. Audubon High School, kay. class of 2002. And when I was looking for colleges to apply to, I applied here. York college of Pennsylvania and a college in New Jersey. And so ultimately, uh, it came down to I decided to come here, and uh, I commuted, which was saved money, right? I was able to do my undergrad and graduate school here, no loans, which was great. But the awesome thing about coming here was I think I got into the best history department in the area. And Talking to people from other colleges and so forth, yeah, they have good professors, but I think our department as a whole was the best department. We had a lot of people from all over, great experts on a lot of different areas of history. And it was just amazing to have them in class. I mean, I had uh, Bill Carrigan, Jim Heinzen, Scott Morshouser, and uh, Dr. Morshouser just retired recently. Mm-hmm. But the uh, man was a, a wealth of knowledge about ancient history, which was an amazing thing, something you didn't wouldn't normally have. Uh, Dr. Blake I had for middle, modern Middle East. So I, I had a lot of different professors in one of the things that was great about it is you learn from them, and I still talk to them. It wasn't just like, I hey, out the door you got. You. I still talk to them, uh, you know, whether I see them in the office or just through email or at events. And one of my friends said this, and I, I didn't think about it really until the time, I said, but if you go to an alumni event for the history department, there's going to be a lot of people. And a lot of us who were also history teachers – like, we have that allegiance to the history department, and it's very true, we always go all the time. We see the same people, and the same professors, and it's just a great bunch of people. And I don't think I would've gotten that experience anywhere else.
1: Did you always love history, like in high school? And
2: Yeah, I did. Um, I actually took two history classes one year because they forgot to give me one. So I said, can I take them both now? He said, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. So I took them both at the same time. You know, apparently that was uh, unheard of and shouldn't have been done but i needed to do it so i was able to do that history
1: is so cool i don't think i had the proper appreciation for it when i was learning it, like in like you know elementary middle and high school but now i'm like i should have paid more attention in history classes because my dad would always say those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it and that was like (laughs) his his saying all the time but i don't i I mean i think now history is so incredible but it it is a, a, a i think a difficult subject to get you know Students well, if interested you see in.
2: the path, if you can see where you're getting to, mm-hmm. it makes it more relevant. Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't need to know this. Like Alexander the Great died of a fever, so what? Um, if you can find a way to make it, make like a link, I think people will see it more relevantly. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we try and do. And I think our department's great for it.
0: So, what's one of the links maybe that you've
2: created? Well, for my students, when I taught high school, one of the things I would do is take US 1 and US 2 and kind of make it look like a building block. So, okay, this happens, so this could happen, and this to this, and so on. And so, when I taught, I taught in Runnymede, New Jersey, and it was named after the town of Runnymede in England where the Magna Carta was signed. Okay. So, it kind oh, of, look, gave, them our own lesson of here. gave them mm-hmm. a little bit of a like, reference to themselves. But one thing I do with my students now is I have them look at Rowan and find old pictures, like 50 years or before, and look at the modern-day spot where it is. What was there? How's it changed? Why is this here now? Or did it change? If it did change, how? Like if the building got a facelift or something. Like, and a lot of them don't realize what's here until they go diving for it, and that's one of the things they need to look for.
1: That sounds like a great project. If you could send your results to the Office of Alumni Engagement, <laughs> that would be great because that's great content. You want easy content. research? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if hey, if your class is already doing it, pass it along. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I know how to use my campus resources.
0: Now, what made you leave uh, – what made you, you bounce from the high school area?
2: Uh, basically, I figured you know I've done uh, all I could with the high school, and I always wanted to teach college. I was hoping to go on to a doctorate, but that just wasn't in the cards. Not yet. Not yet, not yet. We'll see. Let's we'll see how long time goes. I figured I want to be able to give it a shot, and then on top of that too, now with te- uh, teaching to college, I can be more involved in my daughter's stuff too. And my daughter's started ice skating, so she's always busy, and so I'll be able to see her. To do it. But I also just the ability to come in and meet people from all over, not just the same three towns every year. You know, now I'm getting to meet people from all over the state, in some cases other states, and. It's just to see how things are different, how we can combine them, where they're coming from, and then put them out in the world as a rowing graduate and so hopefully have a hand in doing something good.
1: Is there a history time period that's of most interest to you?
2: I'm very much uh Antibam South in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. Um, but I like all of it. I mean, I work on the battleship New Jersey part-time, so I like doing that, too. Military history is a lot of fun. Uh, tracing my family's history is fun too i like doing that uh trying to anyway sometimes you get a roadblock here or there and you got to figure it out but it's fun to do you get to learn some things
1: so tell me how you are tracing family history because i did the was it i don't i think it was ancestry and remember you're spitting a cup or something
0: yeah yeah yeah, i spent like a
1: tube and i sent it out and i got like all my you know cultural you know you know information back but A lot of people, like, dig deep into that kind of stuff, and they, like, find family members they didn't know existed. I just was like, oh, I'm this. I didn't realize that. But
2: No, I don't do that just for the sheer fact that by the time it gets back to you, Mm -hmm. and it's not a, quote, legit laboratory experiment. What if there's a problem with the sample or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I use um, census records, like, off Ancestry, and I use, like, what my parents remember, what they told me, or what their parents told them, and that's kind of like my, jumping block. And so, for example, my mom worked for Cooper for a long time. And uh, when she retired, they gave her this big book for Cooper, and it was talking about the Cooper nurses in World War II went to North Africa. Well, my mm. mom's aunt was one of them. And she, her picture's in that book. Oh, cool. And so, like, the stories she heard, and then we, all right, we put it together. Now I know her regiment. This is where I can figure out where she was. Look at old newspapers and things. If I can find like a little bit of something from my family to go off of, then I can dive off of it. Because other times people go, oh, I just used the 23andMe. Okay, maybe, but it's not 100% guaranteed that all that is foolproof. So dig into the old papers, dig into the census records, stuff that's still there, and you learn a lot. And sometimes you get some surprises too.
0: That's what I mean. That's a little scary about trying those things out.
1: Well, I mean, all I did was, I mean, I don't, I didn't even n- think about using it to find people, but I think you can say whether like you want it. Did
0: you, know? you find you anything can, that you yeah. wanted to? Did you find anything you didn't want to find out?
1: Um, I mean, I, I mean, there's no, nothing that I'd be like, oh, I'm from this area. That's awful. I mean, I, I found some things that I, like I found out more like the regions of like Italy for my like Italian heritage. I found mm. out that was pretty interesting, which my parents were like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense didn't find out anything strange but i know people sometimes will find like half sisters or like they connect it's just kind of
0: she's from this magical land called central jersey i don't <laughs> know if you've ever heard of this place it doesn't no. know it is uh, an actual yeah, new jersey
1: actually. agreed didn't they have like some sort of thing that there is
2: okay. in regards to your question about finding things out you didn't know um, I didn't realize just how many of my grandmother's family members were in the same spot of town. Like I knew that she had a cousin and his cousin's granddaughter has the exact same birthday as my sister, right? So we knew that there was a relation, but I didn't know how many of them there were. There was like, 30 oh, of wow. the same family last name in the same little spot of town. I had no idea about that You mm-hmm. like just check the census record. You find that out. Um, I found out my grandmother's uncle uh, went down on the USS Juno with the Sullivan Brothers at the Battle of the Coral Sea. I had never known that. Uh, he went down to the Battle of Coral Sea and his name's on the wall of the missing in Manila, Philippines at the uh, American Cemetery. Something we didn't know. We heard about it and then we looked it up and yeah. So what was the jumping off point, though, for you, for this whole history piece? Like, what what
0: got you initially that initial taste of, I want to do this. I want to pursue
2: this. Uh, my, my dad took me to uh, Gettysburg when I was in high school, and I went to I was the Valley Fords, and he always watched different documentaries. You saw Ken Burns's Civil War. yeah, And so I just kind of jumped onto it, and th- just the idea of a story, and that story has so many different uh, minutiae to it, and he can build off of it. I think if you look at it more as a story than sort of a, a some sort of a, a, a dutiful thing you have to read all the time, it makes more sense. And there's always like the little nuances of things you didn't think about and you're like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. I uh, know uh, a lot of the things with Civil War now is getting that minutia like the environmental history of the Civil War or, or the weather of a battle like from all these different people's accounts. They're really digging into it because if you Did it right. You could figure out that there's one book published per day since the war ended. Mm -hmm. The war ended April 9th, 1865. Imagine that. Uh, A book a day. Like, that's how much information's out there on the Civil War. It's voluminous. So now people are trying to figure out what's the new thing to say. And it's just interesting to see what people are coming up with.
1: I would love if every piece of history was turned into a musical. (laughs) That's... I literally love Hamilton, but I'm—I wouldn't consider myself a history lover. Admittedly, um, I, I, you know, I appreciate it now as I'm older, but definitely didn't. And then when I like watch Hamilton, I'm like if they could just make you feel things mm. for all of these like people in history, like they could in a musical, you would be like, oh wow, these you—it gives you kind of a sense of like, oh, these are real people, and these are just not names and books that mm. you, like you said, you have to read. I just feel like the value of being able to teach people in a way that they can accept that information is probably a real challenge with that subject, I would think.
2: It can be, because sometimes you also have people who have their own uh, pre-inclinations about certain individuals uh, in history, and so you have to have them, okay, yeah, you can look at the person that way, but also let's look at their contributions. I'm not saying you can't think of the person the way you want to, but sometimes those pre-inclinations make it a little bit different to try and get somebody to understand.
1: Well, you have a daughter, so is that why... Yes. Yes. How old is your I, daughter?
2: I, my daughter is seven.
1: Okay, so she was and like... And
2: so all the Disney movies, like Moana was her thing when she was two. Yeah. Uh, and so we're taking her to Hawaii for the first time this Christmas. Oh, okay. So, you know, I, my wife is and I Is that how you gets to go
1: to Hawaii? Should I just start talking about how much I love Moana in my house? Somebody take me to Hawaii? <laughs> I'm talking like to
0: Brian that. next week. I'll talk him right out
2: of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she'll enjoy it. Um, and it was also neat because my grandfather was at Pearl Harbor in World War II, After the attack, he wasn't the But we also found out, going back to family history, my wife's grandfather and my grandfather were at the same spot, the same time, in the Navy, but they didn't know each other.
0: Get out of here.
1: See, that's cool. That's a good
2: part of history right there.
1: So how did you get the gig with Battleship New Jersey?
2: I literally applied. Um, It wasn't like I knew somebody. What happened was when I was an undergrad, I helped Bill Kerrigan with the internship fair here. And we used to have a class, uh, public history, and people would get an internship. And, and at the time, the guy at the Battleship in New Jersey's name was Dan Farrell, and I had talked to him. I said, you know, do you have anything? He said, well, you can come help. It's volunteer basis only. And I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. But at the time when I was ready to do it, I graduated, I was coaching track and field at the high school. Uh, if anybody knows track and field, it's a long season. From winter, spring, and then cross country, you have no time. So by the time I stopped coaching him, because of, we had our daughter, uh, I said, you know what, let me try again, and I, they got me on board. So I've been there for a couple of years now. It's a lot of fun, I enjoy doing it.
1: Tell us a little bit about it, because I've never been. Yeah,
2: I've never been either. Okay, So basically, the New Jersey is an Iowa-class battleship, and there was four of them ever made, and they're all museums. Of course, everybody likes to go to the Missouri because it's in Pearl Harbor, but we have more battle stars and commendations, so. Come see us in Camden. <laughs> but we also do uh, an encampment program where people sp- spend the night uh, on the ship. They do, eat- Yeah, they do evening colors. They have mo- evening chow. They have a tour. Uh, they do- usually do a saluting gun shoot, and then they sleep over. Morning, you get up, morning colors, morning chow, and then they can explore the rest of the ship they haven't seen.
1: Assuming chow means they're eating. Food, yes. Okay. <laughs> and
2: so what happens <laughs> is a lot of times it's Boy Scout groups, church groups, But you can have alumni groups, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You can do an alumni group. Uh, You could do uh, uh, sometimes people do family groups, like a family of like 15 or what have you. So it's a really great program. It's won a bunch of awards. We're always busy with it. Uh, People have had their weddings on board. Um, last weekend, we just did WMGK's Beer Fest. Wow. Uh, we have cigars on the river coming up at the end of the month. So we have a lot of different events. It's a great venue. If you, And we're open for people who want to have parties and stuff on board, too. So if you're looking for a great place to have a party but also have a fun time looking at history in the past, Best place to go,
0: and then you guys do as part of this. You guys do the educational piece, or this is just well, experiential you can do a tour as
2: part of. Uh, you can do a tour as part of whatever your event is. But I also I do the tours. Uh, and I also do events, so I could, I'm on both sides of it. Mm. And so a lot of times tours will be different tour groups. Like we've had ROTC groups, we've had school groups, we've had summer camp groups. Like in the summertime, they'll come aboard and we'll do that. We've had ship reunions. Like people have their reunion aboard in New Jersey with their shipmates. It's, it's you know, get a lot of different groups of people to meet. I mean, the first tour I ever did was to a group of Danish naval architects.
0: Oh, you too? No, <laughs> I was
2: like... Well, you know? First tour, I'm giving it to naval architects. I'm like, there's gonna be questions asked on oh, yeah, yeah. Here? You're not gonna, you're gonna know. they are gonna ask all and the time. It's 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 great. It's and a, did
0: you already have a history? Of, I had
2: a I had a history degree at the time I was teaching. Yeah, but
0: did got, you know like specifics about the battleship or not they, as they much as um,
2: I did? What they train you to gotcha. do it. I knew uh, a decent amount yeah. from what what I know of the navy, but also what my grandfather mentioned in World War II. But you know, I learned more of the in-depth, like all the uh, intricacies of how the ship operates and things like that.
0: What's well, an interesting fact that f- folks might not know about the, uh, the battleship material? Uh,
2: well, uh, she actually was in a storm called uh, Typhoon Cobra, and it, the storm had 90-foot waves. Oh, and she survived. <laughs> Just imagine, like if you get seasick on a ninety-foot wave, and you just—that
1: sounds terrifying. Um, <laughs> I have a deep respect for the ocean.
0: Bob, if you had to jump into a part of history, personally, like if you go back, mm-hmm. what's the spot that you would say, like this would be? I want to be in the mix. I want to be in this. You want to be in the room where it happens. Yeah, <laughs> or or yes! the battle. i be like, you know, <laughs> yeah, would you uh, want to be in you something? Know,
2: I, I think. If if anything, on the now side. that I'm doing more like the family history, I really want to be at Okinawa where my grandfather was to know what he did. Yeah, you know, he didn't talk much about it after he passed. It was I found a bunch of different aspects about where he was with his ship. So he was at the Battle of Okinawa, which is a huge battle for the Marine Corps, a huge battle in the Pacific, and he was uh, on an LSM, which is one of the ships that open up to drop the Marines. And as I was doing the digging and learning more about it, I found out uh, his battle station position was at a machine gun, but he was a cook. So just to be able to see like, what it was he did, what it was he saw, because I can see the positions on a battle map, right? But I don't know what he saw. Mm. He never talked about it. So like, I, If I could find a way to drop into that spot and just ride along with him in the South Pacific for the, those years of the war, you know, you know, that would be where I want to go.
1: My grandfather was a chef in the hmm. in the military and I'm like, Leonardo or Tusso? Definitely a great Yeah, they're chef, gonna make that lot of French cuisine. You right? need to be cooking in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna break it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to our boxo question. All right. Now this
0: is a new segment that well not a segment, I guess, a we're new just, feature.
1: We're just mixing it up. So because we always learn a lot of, you know, Rowan facts, but like we want to know you as a real person too. I mean, you're a real person. No matter <laughs> what. what was the best decade to grow up?
2: Well, you know, I have to say, I, I was born in '84, so I don't really remember a whole lot of the eighties. But I watched all '80s cartoons, mm-hmm. Transformers, okay. GI Joe. Yeah, please. No, you talking. can't beat it. Nope. You, mm-hmm. No, nope. you just cannot beat it. Nope. Um, the '90s, like that's all, all real you know, history too, right? School. I, I remember. I remember specifically um, there was two shows that were watched before I went to school because it was happening. Um, was. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. I kid you not. That
1: was a long time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then um, there was a cartoon, James Bond Junior, which was funny because I got into the movies as I got older. But I remember those. I haven't seen them anywhere. There's not anywhere you can go. But and then between that and my sister putting on "Saved by the Bell" every single day, Mm -hmm. once that came on, forget it. You know, as that was on every day. But I don't. I don't say know if there was a decade per se to grow up in, but maybe some of the stuff um, that impacted me. I think say the '80s, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just the other day I started watching MacGyver on, uh, you know, loop. Uh, yeah. Yep. And, and so that the original, one, right? The original, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Richard Dean Anderson. Thank you, you very no, much for no, clarifying no, no, no. because there's only one MacGyver. Yeah. No. So like I was watching MacGyver, uh, Magnum PI. Yeah. Um, the Great. original Hawaii 5 I watched that. Yeah, Try to get down. my wife to watch that because we watched the new one. She goes, no, I'll keep the new one. You can look at the old no, one. Oh, she doesn't
0: like the old one. No, she
2: doesn't. That's okay. No, there's no Alex O'Loughlin on that
0: one for know I
1: know. So was Top Gun 80s or 90s? Yeah,
2: that's 80s. So
1: my niece and nephew, they call me Gus. It's like because they have two Aunt Jesses. So we just kind of differentiated that I would be Gus. It was just like a fun nickname. Well, my brother-in-law all of these years has been calling me Goose, which I thought was just, like, a funny take on Gus. Like, I thought he was just kind of, like, you know, making fun of the fact that I had the nickname Gus. Well, my sister the other day was like, no, he's calling you Goose from Top Gun because you're, like, his, like, main person. And I was like, "What?" what? I was like, all of these years, she's like, you've never seen Top Gun? I'm like... No. Okay, so I. To be fixed. I, well, that's what, <laughs> so the other day I watched, I must be on like a Tom Cruise thing, but I watched Cocktail because I've never seen that before. I've never but seen
2: that either, actually. It's mm-hmm.
1: really, it's actually pretty good. And then, um, yeah, I need to like go back to the 80s and like watch some of those key movies that I missed because when Maverick, was it Maverick that came out? The new was, one. Yeah, yeah everybody was so excited and I was like, I've never seen Top Gun.
0: <laughs> like, I've seen that a million times. I love that one. That's uh, why I'm watching movies. But I would have um, gone to the 70s. Yeah, I mean, seventies. That music back then was just like the to be there. With would like, you
1: be like with Belt bottoms and and like disco? Yeah. Oh,
0: pl- well, I don't know about discoy, but I would be like with Hendrix, Jerry Garcia, like you know, all the Deadheads and stuff like that. I want to be out there at that time.
1: Okay, um, so like that different that, genre. Yeah, that genre more like classic rock. Than yeah, yeah, I want to go to the concerts. Disco.
0: Try to survive most of them because there's was <laughs> some questionable activities going on back then, but that's where I would be, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the music really, for us, because we're both, we were both, you know, friends through through the station. Yeah. I think music probably dictates where we would go decade-wise because I always say to my husband, they just don't make music like they used to. He's like, Why are you an old lady? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. What's he listening to?
0: Post Malone?
1: No, but he listen. he'll listen to like more current music and more current artists, although he is like a big, jimmy buffett guy so he was devastated, oh, devastated about, sure. about that but um, he listens to more current stuff but i'm like i like the old stuff like i just want to i the 60s the 60s music that's that's my jam so we're all we got the 80s 70s and 60s yeah we're all in be, a different
0: mix between yeah. all of us um, when you're in the present moment <laughs> and not in the history what are you doing for fun outside of the battleship New Jersey and ice skating and all this other
2: stuff? Well, pretty much just hanging with my family. My right. daughter's involved in ice skating, which is like three four days a week. Okay, um, you know, and she the, our church youth group will be starting up, so she'll be going to that. And um, I, my wife's birthday's this weekend, so we're gonna do something for her. And. Um, Pretty much just hang with family and, and do that. Uh, we're actually gonna bring my daughter to her first planetarium show and I'm in planetarium this Sunday.
1: What is she gonna see? It's,
2: it's gonna be the family one that's about a half hour. Okay. So we know what's here but I, I know that when I was here as an undergrad they used to do laser floyd.
1: Uh they, they used do, to do laser Pink Taylor floyd. Swift. Right. Is she a Swifty?
2: And now they have um oh Taylor Swift, no. Not, uh, no, no, no. oh wow, really I'm um, yeah. no, old school country no <laughs> Oh uh,
1: my God. well she's not country anymore she admits uh, that it's
2: she's whatever she is she is but, um, <laughs> well, but controversial but I know Taylor Taylor Swift that they have they now have Metallica at the Planetarium yeah. as well. And, and so Elton forth. John recently I saw. Yeah, Elton yeah. John, yeah. So um, we're going to th- do the Planetarium, see how that goes out, and uh, hopefully you will enjoy it.
0: That's a really neat show. They do some good things there.
1: Yeah, they do awesome mm-hmm. things right there. We're actually trying to see if we can partner with them to do just like alumni audience only for some of these big shows that are drawing a big mm-hmm. crowd. I just was at an event with them this morning, and they were saying not to go back to Taylor Swift because it seems like a sore yeah, subject. You, you might have <laughs> hit a nerve there,
2: Jess. All, all of a sudden, <laughs> Bob woke She's, up. You know what I think? Th- think it is it's just like when she got into country music they're mm-hmm. like she's gonna save country music and she just ran away from yeah, it. Yeah she's like bye I got, I got pop. I didn't
0: even yeah. know it's she pop. was country I thought she was pop. Well she's, she, she
2: literally hit the country, radio for like the country and George Strait was like okay she might be alright and then she just ran the opposite directions.
1: What is the challenges in teaching well, history at, at this point?
2: I think it's that's part of it. Okay? And The other part of it's Google. Uh, Sam Weinberg, who teaches at uh, Stanford, he's an education professor out there. He wrote a book, Why History If I Can Google It? Mm. Why study history if I can Google it? And you know, it's a valid question because a lot of the students ask that. But the problem is, do you want to sit down there Google every single thing that comes across to try and figure out where it is? Or can you make an educated guess of where it came from and then make sense to yourself? And that's what you really have to do. Because you could go to, just say, one of the town hall meetings for the presidential election next year. Go to a town hall meeting. Hold on. Oh, yeah, it says here on Google, from this point, you know, they're like, just ask the question. Yeah. You know, they, that's their point of view is the Internet. Their life is the Internet. It's not necessarily their fault. They grew up with this stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, like like a lot of the kids uh, when I was at the school they were talking about using QR codes and I'm like what's a QR code I had no idea what it was <laughs> they're like this they're, they're guy. out of the womb and they're yeah. doing QR codes I yeah. don't know what they are yeah. and so that was one of the difficult aspects of it not just as the fact that they're not interested in looking at the past but you have to find a way to get it on a screen mm. and it's it's sad to say but like if like you Hamilton. don't have it on a screen or the ability to put it on a screen some people are just like I can't find it yeah, like giving out paper syllabi mm. like if you give out a paper syllabi but you don't have it on canvas where is it? It's in the syllabus no it's not on canvas and so you have to do that and unfortunately it's just a cultural thing now the way the internet is everybody does that
1: what advice do you have for history students?
2: don't knock it till you try it sort of thing I guess you look at it as a story You know, don't sit there and go I have to read You know, look at it as a story because you know what that story has some sort of impact on how your family got here, how you got here, you know, or, or why your family came over. What was the reasons your family left the old country, quote-unquote, right? Why did they come here? It all has an impact on you one way or another. Jess and I work with, obviously, a
0: lot of alumni in our capacities, but I'm always interested to see where the history majors land because everybody, I think, assumes they become teachers, right? Mm-hmm. But they branch off into so many different like industries, they become lawyers, you know, they become different, different spaces. So I think it's a really unique space to be in from, mm. from, from that history's perspective. Now, Bob, I, w- I want to say something here. I'd <laughs> like to think that we were your first podcast to be on, but apparently you're a bigger deal. <laughs> and you, you've been you've been uh, you've been cheating on us well no I guess the, no, no, I guess the, if
1: it happened before us it doesn't not count alright whatever
2: well,
0: you've been you've been elsewhere now so so talk to us about the, the other mistresses that you've been with well <laughs> uh, the
2: first one Podcast. uh was the rogue historian by Keith Harris uh, Keith is a PhD teaches at a private school in Los Angeles And he always brings his class out to Gettysburg once a year for a big class. But he's very much into utilizing the Internet and so forth. So the Rogue Historian podcast was one that he invited me on because of a presentation I did at Virginia Tech on Confederate historiography. And that was the first podcast I was ever on. The second podcast was called uh, Unbeatable Army with Jeff Struker. Now, for those of you who don't know who Jeff Struker is, he survived uh, the Battle of Mogadishu, which is Black Hawk Down. Uh, and so he is now after he was being a ranger he became a chaplain in the army after Mogadishu then he retired now he's a pastor down in Georgia so it was a a, uh, religious based podcast and it was interesting getting to talk to him to see his perspective on life and everything after being through the events of that film Mm. Uh, and most recently on his podcast he brought in one of the uh, other gentlemen Matt Eversham who was a ranger at uh, black hawk Down. I think Josh Hartner played his part now that I'm thinking about it. But I'm not sure.
1: Now if a Rowan student is interested in taking your course, what are you what are you teaching this? Well semester? right now
2: I'm teaching a um survey course, US history to eighteen sixty five. And I also teach another survey, cultural geography over in the geography department. We'll see as it comes availability. You know, sometimes semesters for adjuncts do you have a class, you don't have a class, whatever. But you know, if you see my name or if you see the magical staff everybody had staff back in the days i mean a staff teacher yep. and you know that person just massively metamorphosized into somebody else <laughs> um but you know you never know <laughs> you always get take a uh, always take a shot at it
0: yeah we hit the printed books back in the day we yeah. for yeah 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 you go through the books and yeah. you go
2: a uh, lot on the phone because yep. you try to do it on a computer it didn't work so you go in on a touchstone phone yep Put the CRNs in. That wasn't in, my, your see, that wasn't my in.
0: experience. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Mine was. You'd put in. You'd enter on this, the internet. You'd enter this nine to twelve digit code. To enter yeah. for class. The, on the phone. On the phone. Uh-huh. The obviously the the system would repeat it back to you individual number, and then only to have you like hang on for a second, and they would say the class is, is closed, yeah. <laughs> and then you'd have to re-enter a different number yeah. and just try to get what you can. It was like yeah. dialing for dollars. It was
2: crazy. Yeah. Now my father did uh, registrations here back in the seventies. Okay. Used to get like a um, a sheet, almost like a triplicate yep and you would write down all the classes you want you take it to the registrar and it'd be like closed closed and you have to do it again you oh, know man. so it's a little bit thank different go- see and thank
1: goodness for technology yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. yeah.
2: My, my dad was here Sabbath was the library yeah you know so and so it was a lot different uh then in terms of the buildings and so forth but what's interesting to me now is the student health center was our bookstore yes, you remember yes, that this yes, is yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, the
1: bookstore for me too
2: So there's like all these different changes. But the one thing, one ironic thing, I said right out here, there's a tree. And that tree, my dad, when he graduated, got a picture with my mom. And when I graduated, I got a picture with my mom and dad. So we'd have, it's the same tree. We have no idea why that's still there, but we keep it still. Hope it's still there because if my it, where daughter goes, it'll be a third generation. There we go. So Love
1: it. Think. Legacy family in the making. Right. Where is this tree so we can make sure that it doesn't uh, get so knocked down? So if
2: you go right out uh, right out here in the parking lot, mm-hmm. it's the second um, row in the spot. Do you see where the, the cross is? There's a bench right there. Yeah. It's right next to that. Oh,
1: bench. how cool is that? Yeah. Look at well, the little landmarks on campus. That's great.
2: Well, hey, Bob. Thanks for being on the show today. It's been great, man. Yeah, hey, I appreciate
0: it.
1: Thank you rob do tell me about your most significant history memory
0: like as a, from a class or like a history thing. I know Washington crossed the Delaware. Is that what you're looking for?
1: <laughs> me? <Maybe. laughs> Wait, was it
0: the Delaware or was it the i don't, oh, no, You no, it are it not asking no. the right
1: person. Absolutely
0: not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not right a person. history person either. Actually, when my when my growing up, my dad would put on the history stuff, and it just wasn't. It just didn't ring true for me. I'm
1: actually happen. kind of surprised about that. I feel like you strike me as a person that would be like really interested in history.
0: Yeah, well, to the point that we made, it's like it. it it's more. I appreciate it more now than I did then back then because it was like all right I want to play video games I want to do other things and even as I got in my younger years I was doing other things besides history so
1: well history is so important and we're grateful for professors and alums like Bob out there teaching it to our I don't like saying young folk like I'm a hundred years old (laughs) our current students studying history because as as we know history is an important part of what makes us who we are and I like this new introduction of asking guests very random questions because it's uh, not only fun facts, but a good way to loosen folks up and get to really know them. So I'm I'm really excited about adding that little content to our show moving forward. So, so grateful for Bob being here today and we'll catch you next time.
2: You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand.